0: Good afternoon, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, We're glad you're listening, and this is a program where we like to talk about uh, topics related to our Catholic faith here in North Texas, something that can edify you, and perhaps uh, an organization or an apostolate or a ministry that you are not aware of, and today we're talking about a very serious topic, and it's something that really needs to be addressed, and I'm very grateful uh, to have two. Wonderful ladies in studio with me. And one is, well, I've interviewed them both multiple times. Uh, One is somebody I've gotten to know very well over the years, uh, Sherry Havlick, uh, who has uh, worked for the Catholic Pro Life Committee, now Community, for many years, especially in their Speakers Bureau. And she recently, I think it was last year, came on and we talked about a new ministry that she has begun called Dawn of Mercy. And they are located online at dawnofmercy.org and uh, it uh, assists those individuals male and female who have been harmed by sexual assault trauma violence those who have been abused at any stage of their life by sexual assault which we know can impact uh, people Dramatically, and uh, she here is in studio along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons, who is also a licensed professional counselor. And so, thanks to both of you for being here to talk about uh, this topic. I think isn't talked about enough. But uh, thank you. You're thanks, welcome.
1: Dave. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: So, tell us, uh, you you know, you, you leave the the CPLC after many years of doing that, and instead of just kind of. Uh, you know, relaxing. just relaxing and spending time <laughs> with your husband and kids and I think grandkids, you decide to begin this. Uh, what what was the reason for that?
1: You know, it it's always so hard to just pinpoint one thing, because there's never one thing that, that causes us to to want to do something new. But you know, ultimately, just like I think in everybody's life, God calls us to certain things. But I think where it kind of started was as part of the Speaker's Bureau Director for the CPLC. I had we did a lot in chastity, you know, sexuality, saving your sexuality for marriage and and in doing research on a a program that we were starting called sins against our sexuality, I had to do a lot of research on rape, incest, you know, all kinds of sexual violence and it just it really tugged at my heart and I just really felt like God was calling me to do something in that ministry. Mm-hmm. So I actually um, retired a little bit early from Raytheon and Step down as the speaker's Bureau director, so that I could focus full time on this this ministry
0: mm-hmm. The thing about sexual abuse and uh, trauma unlike you know this past year we 've seen a lot of public uh, you know violence with riots and mm-hmm. you know storming the capitol and all these things right. but this is something that happens before, behind closed doors almost uh, almost exclusively, right. and we don't see it and it's also something that brings a lot of shame and so it 's something that people like to kind of brush under the rug and all the more reason why we need to shine a, a light on it because it, it, it's impacting so many lives
1: exactly exactly it, it is one of the m- people feel the most shame of this particular trauma than any other trauma and <clears throat> it is it's difficult to talk about so when i felt called the first person i called was bernice yeah i called bernice and said hey i have this idea And I'm thinking she's going to say, oh, I'm really busy, because she is. She is super busy. And the first words out of her mouth was, yes, I'd like to help.
0: Yeah. Why so, Bernice? Why was this important for you?
2: Well, again, God works in mysterious ways, and uh, he really had been working on me in this particular area I had my own journey to go through in this and Sherry knew I don't think she knew about it at the time Um, she had no idea that at the time I was on my own journey of healing from this and then when she called it just okay God you're definitely working on me he was preparing me for something bigger that it wasn't just about me it was about something larger than that Mm -hmm. and in my private practice I see this a lot and working with like the we I serve as a counselor on the Rachel's Vineyard retreats. Yeah, and a large percentage of the women who have experienced abortion, they have a background that yeah. includes some sort of sexual assault and abuse. And so between the two of us, we just really saw that perhaps God was working on us in in other areas of our lives, bringing this to the forefront and and just bringing us together to work on this with with. You know her skills and expertise, and, and really having the ability to put things together well, and, and uh, really run something like this, and then my professional experience, personal experience, and just strong desire to to help people heal and, and connect our faith with true mental health healing.
0: Mm-hmm. It's such a broad uh, topic. You know, you have sex trafficking, and you have child abuse, and you have rape and domestic violence, and there's there there's so much. And so, how do you get your you know, your work around dealing with so many different aspects of a, of a very big problem. And, and how do you address that, uh, Sherry?
1: That's, that's something that we had to kind of carve out at the very beginning. What all do we want to include in this ministry? We do know that sex trafficking in particular is is a, a very large um wound to heal Mm -hmm. and the programs for sex trafficking are normally nine months to a year and we wanted to kind of and there are several programs out there for sex trafficking but we did not we actually did some research and there are not that many actual programs that are dedicated just to sexual assault so we decided to keep our ministry more for the i don 't want to say one time, but not the sex trafficked
3: mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. not
1: that that 's not important. It, mm-hmm. it most definitely is, but there are other programs for that, so we we kind of said more for the sexual actual assault, which means that it 's not really for um, you know when somebody is is at work and somebody says something negative yeah, to right it, right you know so it 's not necess- not that that 's not a bad thing yeah, i mean that 's yeah. not good. But it really needs to be some sort of assault, but more not the fully sex trafficked, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, not the larger
0: problem. It's probably impossible to get accurate numbers because some people will never report it. Uh, You know that, Bernice. Uh, There's so much shame involved. And so how widespread is this or how common? Particularly, I'm sure women are more impacted than men, but it it does impact uh, all people.
2: Statistically, the numbers will vary a, a little bit based on where you get your resources from. But some of the common things that you hear, the numbers that are put out is one in every four women are sexually assaulted mm-hmm. or have been sexually assaulted, and one in every six men have been yeah. sexually assaulted. Some things will say one in three for women and one in four for men. So the numbers are large, and you're right that a lot of people don't speak out. And just as with the sex trafficking, and, and that is that involves so much more trauma in addition to the sexual assault yeah. that they experience itself, with these types, the focus that we have are... People who have been sexually assaulted as children, people who were experienced rape, various types of date rape, et cetera, uh, sexual assault and abuse in their adulthood. And we really focus on, we have two primary programs that we reach out to these people to help heal them spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. We have a 10-week trauma recovery healing group that's based on the trauma recovery associates there's 10 primary content areas that we hit in these 10 weeks Mm -hmm. that focuses on the here and now because sometimes you had asked about it's not very well known but sometimes what people find out is they the trouble that they're having in their present life Mm -hmm. they it's when they really focus on healing their present struggles that they realize, wait a minute, that might have come from something that happened back when. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not until they start healing their present stuff that they're dealing with that some of these things they don't even remember that were hidden in all that shame come forth. And so our ministry works on the here and now as well as through our retreats working on the discovery and, and what had happened in their past, yes. at whatever distance
0: back that past yes. was. Yes, we're talking about Dawn of Mercy. It's a ministry that was founded by Sherry Havlick, the president of the organization, and she is joining joining me in studio here along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons. Uh, they're located online at dawnofmercy.org, dot org. dot org. You can e- email them uh, healing at dawn of dot org, and you can also call them if you'd like 469-613-3296. And uh, January thirtieth, later on this month, uh, a trauma recovery program training. Uh, tell tell us uh, what this is, and and who should know about it, and who can participate. Sherry.
1: So the the training for the trauma recovery program. This is an established program that was developed by a counselor, and he's also a priest. Um, in michigan he and a couple other people developed this program and it's a 10-week program to help people to deal with trauma so the training is to train people to understand the program and the reason that's important is one for us for counselors that might want to help in our ministry that might want to help run our 10-week sessions uh the healing groups um they would need that training, but it's also very useful in any counselors um, in any counselor's um, ministry, and also for anybody, just anybody that, that deals with people that have been through trauma or in a crisis, um, just like uh, um, women in a crisis pregnancy. Um, so people who help others in any kind of trauma it's very good information for them as well.
0: All right, so you're looking for, somebody's listening right now and would like to be trained uh, to help in one of these uh, healing programs that will begin, the next one will begin, uh, well, February 10th through April 14th, and this is for women in English on Wednesday evenings, uh, they should go ahead and email or call that number that I mentioned, so right?
1: that's for the healing group, that's yeah. for people who... Who are looking for healing That have been through a trauma Yeah, The training is January 30th But our first healing group begins You're right, February 10th and that's for English women.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernice, what's, <coughs> what is most needed? Somebody comes in, I always find it uh, so sad and odd that uh, oftentimes, and you would know this a whole lot better than I, that uh, they, they there's almost like a guilty feeling sometimes, like they did something wrong, especially if it happened when they were a child, when I was mm-hmm. thinking like, gosh, you did, did nothing wrong, you're the victim. But that's mm-hmm. so oftentimes, and maybe even a sense that they, they feel disconnected with God, what are typically the, the symptoms of what needs to be healed?
2: The symptoms of what needs to be healed when a person is being has been abused, whether it was recent or it was back from when they were in their childhood, and you had talked about they tend to blame themselves and there's a lot of shame. And when you look at the uh, human development and the way we develop from infancy on. The stage at which a person is abused will have a great impact on how they respond to the abuse. And especially if somebody was abused in childhood, they're still developing a sense of who they are. Mm -hmm. And in, in some of the younger ages, they're still trying to figure out how to attach. People need to be attached. We have to have that connection. And yet, we also have an instinct to need to protect ourselves. So early on, what happens is somebody who is harmed, and most often, sexual abuse and assault happens, unfortunately, from people who are closest to the, the victim or survivor. And so early on, it creates a confusion that they're supposed to attach to these people. They're supposed to be good, even if it's in adulthood and it's somebody you're dating. They're supposed to be good. We're attaching, but then I'm harmed by you. And so it becomes a struggle between how can I attach to you but also then protect myself from you. Yeah. So at the different stages of development, when the assault, the abuse happens, it creates a confusion and it moves people in a distorted way of viewing themselves, viewing the world around them. And so what we do is first and foremost – is we create a safe place for them. Mm -hmm. That really is first and foremost, because if you can create a safe place, let somebody know that regardless of what happened to them and what they've done since, they are still important. They are still good. They still have dignity and are worthy. We create a safe place within the 10-week program or on our retreats when they first call so that they know, even though, yes, we will be aware that they have some sort of ugly in their history, that they are still important and they matter. And that's really the first thing. And then with that safe place, you can begin to help them recognize the distorted thinking and behaving and help move them into a healthy direction.
0: And so many walking wounded people out there, and it impacts not only their lives, but their marriages, their kids. Uh, It could be a generational thing. And if we can just, you know, get the healing now so many people mm-hmm. will be impacted by this. All Absolutely. the more reason that this ministry is so important. Uh, Sherry, we, we talked about the January 30th trauma recovery program training and touched a little bit on the, the healing programs, Wednesday evenings, beginning February 10th. Uh, tell our listeners who is the ideal you know, candidate to sign up for this? Is there a cost, the times, maybe some more, some more details about this.
1: So it's once a week, like the first one is scheduled for Wednesday evenings, you know, starting February 10th. So it's two hours and e- each Wednesday. And any kind of sexual assault that you've had, if any person, and like I said, the first one is for women who speak English. The next one, which starts February 22nd, is for women who speak Spanish. And we just we keep the women and the men separate. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason that we're saying women. And then the next group will start April 19th, and that's for men who speak English, and then May 10th, we'll start a group for men who speak Spanish. So we're trying to address, you know, the different uh, the different languages, men, women, um, but we have all four of them scheduled. The, the exact evening for the next ones will depend on when we uh, when the counselors sign up for I want to help this, it will be dependent on what their schedules are.
0: Okay, Is this uh, going to be in person or Zoom or, or what?
1: It's, it's via Zoom. Okay. It's via video. Because, because of COVID, it's really kind of put a kink into things, obviously, for, yeah. for yeah. many people and many things. But it actually has worked out very well in the Zoom. It, it, I think people are actually almost more comfortable in a Zoom than mm. they are having to show up and yeah. face other people, when they have this personal shame, that uh, that that we actually are trying to heal.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm always amazed when we. I've done so many interviews, uh, you know, with Rachel's Vineyard and Project mm-hmm. Joseph, and uh, how many times you hear somebody say, well, this happened twenty, thirty years ago, and I've lived with this for so many years. And so, uh, Bernice, speak to the person right now, because I, I know in God's perfect timing, somebody or a dozen people right now are listening who really need this. And maybe it's something that happened when they were you know, six years old, and they've just buried it for 40 years. But this is the time, isn't it, for healing?
2: It really is. Whenever you hear it, and God speaks to us in repetition, so whenever you hear it, you think, okay, maybe there's a reason that this came for me. And Actually, in this last group that we had, we did have a woman who said that uh, her abuse happened, she was in her late 50s, and her abuse happened when she was a young child, and she had never mentioned it to anybody. And she spoke about how amazed she was that she didn't realize all these years that so many of the hard times in life, so many of the struggles and the relationship difficulties and and the personal identity difficulties really linked back to her sexual abuse when she was a child and while she had developed many ways of dealing with it she was so happy to recognize the origin and clear up so much of that struggle and she did say that she if she'd have known sooner she would have been so pleased to not have had to have had such a hard time all those years yet she is so happy with the relief and the freedom and the peace and understanding that she has now.
0: Yeah. That led exactly into what I was going to ask you about, Sherry. This is all about freedom because we don't want to live in bondage. We don't right. want to live with shame or regret, even, though if, even if it's nothing that we did personally, but right. so many, like I said, are walking wounded. We're just about out of time and I, I'd just like to kind of summarize uh, the, what's coming up and also who you're looking for, for both help and also for healing. Uh, Sherry Havlick joining us, uh, president of Dawn of Mercy, along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons. The website is dawnofmercy.org. You can email them, healing at org, And I know everything's strictly confidential and you know, it's gonna, you, you're not going to, other than the people who might see you on the, the Zoom meeting, nobody else is going to know about this. Mm-hmm. You can also call them at 469-613-3296. So in the closing minutes, what's the most important things people needs to, need to know?
1: That they can call don't be afraid to call, we know that that it's it 's difficult. We know that you feel shame. We know that many of you feel that it 's your fault, but it is not. never is it your fault and we are open we 're here to help, and it like you said, it is completely confidential don't be afraid, and maybe it 's not you, maybe you know somebody in in our experience i 'm going to when in talking to people i 'm going to say almost everyone, probably ninety percent of everyone knows someone who has suffered some kind of sexual assault.
0: Yeah, right. They may not know that they know that person because that person's never revealed it to them. And uh, thanks to both of you for coming in. I just, Bernice, I'm guessing in your, probably both of you have seen transformation. You've seen somebody come in for counseling and they're downcast and they're sad and dejected and don't think highly of themselves. And then over a course of months or years, you see them transformed. Uh, Obviously, we don't want names, but tell us about what you've seen and how counseling and also just... A better awareness of God's mercy and love can transform a person.
2: Oh, certainly. Thank you. Uh, First, with the group, the the healing group that we had back in the fall, every single one of the women who participated in that uh, were so amazed at the growth and development that they gained. And they just – what they talk about is – the, the understanding that they're not alone, not that anybody wants this to happen to anybody else, but this experience makes them feel so isolated because innately we know that this is not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And so they pull away and they feel so alone. So one of the healing realities is that they're not alone. They they speak much about their increased awareness of themselves. And so they feel they have more control over everything in their lives because they're no longer sort of at the whim of whatever their emotions and they can know now why they're being triggered and they then have the skills to work with it and and make better choices rather than to react to their life so they feel free they feel in control they feel a lot closer to and they can behave a lot closer to uh, the image of God in which we were created because they're not bound anymore by this sort of hidden secret uh, painful experience Mm
0: -hmm. yes Yes. Uh, All right. Well, thanks so much. And uh, this is about transformation, healing, and uh, it's such an important topic. So if anything resonated with you during this, or maybe the Holy Spirit is tugging at you and inspiring you to, uh, if nothing else, just call and see and and ask some questions and uh, see if this is uh, the right time for you to seek healing, or or maybe you do want to be involved in uh, the program, uh, Trauma Recovery Program Training on January 30th, uh, again, the 10-week healing programs for sexual Assault uh, victims. Uh, February tenth is the first one, Wednesday evenings for women in English, and then February twenty second for women in Spanish. And then in April and May there will be programs beginning for men in both English and Spanish as well. Most important thing is to uh, know how to get in touch with Sherry and Bernice. Dawn of dot org is the website. Healing at dawn of dot org is the email, and the phone number at the helpline is four six nine. 6133296. Three, Sherry, anything else you'd like to say or did we cover it pretty thoroughly? What else? I
1: think it's pretty thorough. Um, the only thing I might add is maybe somebody's already seen a counselor. This program is not meant to replace someone that's seen a counselor or Mm -hmm. counseling, it doesn't replace it. This is in addition to and it it greatly complements. So in fact, we really encourage people to be seeing counselors as well. And when they finish our program, we, we definitely want them to continue with counseling. So, and even for counselors, counselors can send people, you know, their clients our way as additional um, healing because it, it does not replace the counseling at all. It's, it's a compliment, compliment. Yeah. to
0: yeah. the counseling. All right, that's good to know, Bernice. Anything else?
2: I would just say when she was talking about it being a compliment to the counseling for the January thirtieth online trauma seminar training that we're doing. One of the reasons we really want to get the word out is because we do want more counseling professionals in the area mm-hmm. to and and church ministers and other ministers that work with people to have this training, so that when women and men come to us for our healing programs and they're looking for continued care we know that there's people in our community who have been through this particular training and we can then offer them as referrals to work in complement with what we're doing
0: yes very good thanks so much uh uh, for what you all are doing uh so needed as we said at the beginning uh sherry havlick bernice simmons with dawn of mercy one last time uh website dawn of mercy.org email healing at dawn of mercy.org and the helpline is 469-613-3296 thanks to both of you for being here and uh, may God continue to bless your ministry. Thanks also to Diane Xavier, who ran the board for this program. If you have future uh, program ideas for interviews, I always appreciate you reaching out to me, as Sherry did. And, um, we, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of things that people need to know about. There's a lot of good things happening in North Texas in the Catholic world, and we like to highlight them on this program. You can email me at DavePalmer at GRNOnline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend, and may God bless you.
3: Are you interested in learning more about a Catholic education for your child? St. Maria Goretti Catholic School in Arlington is hosting an open house on Sunday, January 31st from 10 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. They serve pre-K through eighth grades and were awarded the 2020's People's Choice Awards. Call today to schedule a tour at 817-275-5081. For more information, you can also visit their website at smgschool.org. Stop by Sacred Heart Books and Gifts in Dallas for their Feast of the Holy Family sale. Sacred Heart's entire family book selection will be on sale through Saturday, January 23rd, the Feast of the Espousal of Mary and Joseph. Discounts will range from 10 to 30% off, with a few deep discounted gems for you to discover. So stop by and save. Sacred Heart is a longtime sponsor of KATH 910 AM. You can visit their website at sacredheartdallas.com.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, broadcasting across all of North Texas, and we're delighted that you're listening this afternoon. Um You, you know, we are always delighted when priests or religious take time to either come into studio or uh, be on the phone with us to talk about their ministry and their apostolates, and uh, really excited to introduce to you. Somebody who I have not interviewed before, in fact, I haven't met her personally, but she's on the phone with us. Her name is Sister Maria Felatea, and she is one of three religious sisters who are currently residing at St. Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic Church uh, in Dallas, uh, where they also have a school. She teaches religion to fourth through eighth graders. And uh, she is a member of the religious order called the Servants of the Lord and the Virgin Matada. I hope I got that right. And uh, we're here to talk about her, uh, her vocation, the school, and also an open house that will be held on Sunday, January 31st at the school as they begin Catholic Schools Week. And, uh, you're invited to learn more about this beautiful school in Dallas. So with no further, um, ado, Sister Maria Filatea, welcome and and thanks for taking some time with us today.
3: No problem. Thank you for having me on the, on the show.
0: Yeah. So tell us, I, I'm not familiar that much with the religious order SSVM. I know it's a, it's a Spanish, um, name, but then the English version is what I said. So can you tell us about the religious order and uh, why you were drawn to it?
3: Sure. Well, I'm I'm a member of the Servants of the Lord in the Virgin of Matara, and the SSVM stands for Servidoras del Señor y la Virgen de Matara. And we're an institute of religious sisters, and our institute was founded in Argentina in 1988 by the same founder of the institute of the incarnate word which is the male branch of our religious family um, and affectionately our religious family is known as the religious family of the incarnate word It's comprised of our priests who were founded in 1984 and then we were founded in 1988 with the name servants of the lord um, and i've been a sister since 2009 i entered the convent um, i'm originally from new york I was born and raised by Puerto Rican parents and I grew up in the city. And so the first time I ever saw or lived in the country was when I entered the convent back in 2009.
0: Was that a um, strange transition for you to to go from city life in New York to the the convent in the country? Was that odd?
3: Yes, it was it it was different. It was there was a transition. I was I was actually really excited and um I mean God provided the grace for me to really just ease into it. I was very nervous going into it, thinking, I don't know how this is going to be like, there's no hustle and bustle, but when one answers their vocation, according to God's will, I mean, everything just fell in place. I mean, from the moment I arrived, I felt like I had always been there, like I was home.
0: Yeah, and why? what was attractive about this particular order, and what is the the charism? Uh, Is it active and contemplative, or fully active, or... Uh, what what is the the mission overall of, of the order?
3: Okay, so our charism is the evangelization of the culture, and um, we're Marian and missionary, and so our our work is to prolong the inclusion in all aspects of man and culture, elevating that which can be elevated to the sacred, um, <clears throat> and. We do have both branches. We have apostolic branches, or active, and we also have a contemplative branch of the order um on both sides. So just for the priests as well as for the sisters, we have nuns and we have monks. Um And primarily the work that we do, we pretty much will, will will go where we're asked to go and we'll do what we're asked to do. Here in the United States, in our province, most of the work that we do is on a parish level, so we do a lot of parish work, youth ministry, um, care of the sick, liturgy, sacramental preparation. Um, School-wise, this is one of the few missions here in the United States where we're in a school, and so we're really delighted to be here because it's very different from some of our other missions.
0: Right, and and how did you uh, the order connect with Saint Bernard? Has there been a long relationship between the two, or is it a relatively new um, you know working relationship?
3: Well, our priests arrived in 2010, so they've been here um, just almost 11 years, and we arrived about a year and a half ago, so there has been a relationship between the community and our priests, and now that we've arrived, it's kind of like an introduction to the sisters, and what's really beautiful is that the people are already starting to notice how very similar we are to our priests in our spirit, in our charism, and in the work that we do, and so... It, although we've been here a short amount of time, it feels as though the sisters have already been here for quite a bit.
0: Yeah. What is the Matara part of the name? What What does that mean in Spanish, or how does it what What does it translate into in English?
3: Okay, so Matara is actually uh, a na- the name of a place in Argentina where the cross of Matara was found, and the cross of Matara is part of our habit as sisters. So we have a blue and gray habit, and with it, we wear this beautiful cross that is known as the cross of matara and it was found in matara argentina Um, the original one is made out of wood but the interesting thing about the cross is that it's a cross of catechesis it's a catechetical cross so on it uh, etched into it are drawings um, and of salvation history so you can use the cross to catechize the uncatechized. And this is how the early missionaries in Argentina began to catechize the native peoples of Argentina was using this cross. And it, so we have been blessed to be able to ad- adopt that to our our habit um, as it relates to our charism to continue and prolong the incarnation in the world and evangelization.
0: Uh, Argentina... Uh, not to get too far off track, but uh, an interesting country. I, I was, I've been involved in a men's group. Uh, you're probably familiar with Miles Christie, uh, who uh, originated out of Argentina, and of course we have an Argentinian pope. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of news these days um, coming out of Argentina. How, how would uh, they're, they're, it's a it's a very Catholic country, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> Argentina and much of Latin America was what you would call Catholic. They were Catholic countries, and many of them still are, if not all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there you're going to find a lot of different groups that have been founded there or lay ecclesial groups that are coming from there even until now um, in the work of evangelization um, because the countries itself were founded with Catholic principles and by Catholic missionaries. In the early parts of the 16th
0: century. Yes, my guest is Sister Philothea, She is a uh, uh, a teacher of religion, uh, fourth and eighth through eighth grade, over at uh, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic School in Dallas. Their website is uh, stbernardccs.org, dot org. So, Saint dot org. They have an open house coming up uh, at the end of the month, January 31st on Sunday. And uh, this is uh, Sharin Catholic Schools Week, and we'll talk more specifically about that as well but let's let's talk about the school um, what uh, what what makes the school special and unique and and tell us about um, you know what what you appreciate about uh, it and the students and the faculty and uh, what, what is it about it that you enjoy?
3: There are two things that really stand out and that I really love about our school is that it's small, not in just structurally, because we have a lot of space, but small in classroom size and numbers, but that helps foster a very wholesome, sound family environment. Um, Everyone knows each other in the school, not just the faculty and the staff, but there are children who are in kindergarten who know eighth graders and they know them as if they were their own sibling. They call each other by name. There have been many opportunities for all of our children on various grade levels to interact with one another. Um, Obviously, during these days, that has been limited, but prior to that, it has always been a very family environment, and really, the kids all know one another, and it's really beautiful. It's an experience I've never had um, in my religious life or in my entire life, where an entire school can be seen as one big family. And so that's what I really love about it the most. And then the small numbers also afford you to have really one-on-one interaction with the students. And I don't really like to call it interaction. We get to have relationships. Yeah. I know the kids, the kids know me. And um, if something is great, we all rejoice. If something's not going so well, it's so easy to tell and then just, very easy to just approach the child and ask them, "Do you need help what's going on and because they're they trust you and they know you and they know that you sincerely want to help them oftentimes yeah they they let you in, they let you help them and so it's It's very conducive to not just an academic formation but an entire human formation, and that's part of the work that we do also as an institute is to address all of the all of man integrally, no, not just the intellect but the intellectual, the spiritual, the human, and and the physical. And so being here at St. Bernard of Clairvaux really um, has taught me how valuable it is to be able to have that kind of a relationship with your students.
0: Yes. And you, you mentioned COVID um, and some of the limitations uh, uh, that the, the, the pandemic has created with schools. Have you mm-hmm. all been able to have in-class students uh, this semester, And uh, or an option of Zoom and uh, in-class, or or how are you conducting your classes?
3: Yes, we started out the year with what's called hybrid learning, so there was an option for parents, for families who wanted to stay at home for a little bit before they came back in person. But from the beginning of the academic year for us, we started in September, a little late than usual, but just so that we could have everything ready. We started both in-person and with e-learning, and currently, right now, we still have a very higher number of students in person than at home. Um, and it it has been, a, it's been really great. I mean, the kids really want to be here. They want to learn in person. And so they really do um, do their part to be safe and to to be clean and, and they need to do in order to be able to learn in person and not have to be at home. But we do offer the option also for e-learning, and it hasn't. It's been a journey. It's been a challenge. But the kids at home also are really good, and they're they're not at all difficult. So it's it's been really special here. We hear a lot of stories from other places where it's really hard and really challenging. But again, because of our size and our familial relationship, um, not to say it's gone without a hitch. But any challenge that has presented itself, we've been able to overcome it and, and keep moving forward.
0: And um, tell us about the, uh, the, the the philosophy of the school. Um, I've interviewed a lot of Catholic school principals, and I always ask, you know, what makes a Catholic school special um, when parents have a lot of choices? And of course, there often is a sacrifice in the parents' part where they're paying tuition and um, but it's, it's worth it for a lot of parents to send their kids to a Catholic school. What do you see the, the advantage being for somebody who's considering homeschooling or public school or charter school? Why, why is Catholic school education still a very good option and perhaps the best option for students?
3: Well, because of the integral formation that's involved. I mean, in a Catholic school that, really lives up to its name of being Catholic, will address not just the intellectual and academic side, but will also address the spiritual formation of each and every individual child, um, giving them the opportunity to express their faith, to practice their faith, and to live it out, not just after the bell, after 3 p.m., but throughout the entire day, so that what they learn at school, they can carry that over into the house. you're not going to find that in a lot of places. You know, oftentimes children will have to kind of like switch modes. You know, I'm going home. I guess I go home and pray, or we're going to go to church tonight. We're going to go to youth group or um, Bible study. And it's kind of like a switching on and off. With Catholic school, it, it, it's more fluid. You know, the child doesn't even see sometimes that transition of, well, what's the difference between being at school and being out in public?
0: hmm yeah there's a, a mm-hmm. continuity, I guess with it, right and yes has there have you I know Catholic schools are unique also in that the sacraments are often available for the students, whether it be you know weekly mass or in some cases daily mass and confessions have Have you been able to do that this year um you know in light of the, the circumstances? Are they still able to go to mass together?
3: Yes, we actually have mass every week, and every grade gets to go to confession once a month. Um, we do have a rotating schedule, and we are preparing them for the sacraments in the in the hopes that as soon as they're prepared and we're able to do it, we're going to receive the sacraments. So that was something that early on we decided to continue. We weren't going to, like, hold off. We are going to prepare them, and we were going to do everything that we could so that we could participate in the Mass together every week. That has been a, lo, uh, a standing tradition here at St. Bernard, And it's something that we wanted to keep, keep going. We didn't want that to get interrupted. The children really look forward to it. It is for some of them, a highlight of the week to go to mass. And, um, so we still do that and, we continue. We hope to always
0: continue to do that every week. Yeah, and that's uh, certainly something unique at Catholic schools. You're not going to get mass at <laughs> public schools, and so no. that, that is quite a quite a blessing to to be able to see receive, receive our Lord. Uh, you know, in the in the course of a, of a school day, uh, you know, once a week, and not to mention confession, as you as you mentioned as well. All right, the open house mm-hmm. is going to be Sunday, January 31st. We're talking about St. Bernard of Clairvaux Catholic School in Dallas, uh, St. Bernard Org is the web, website, stbernardccs.org, dot org. And my guest is Sister Felatea, who is uh, a, a religious sister and, of course, also the teacher of religion for 4th through 8th graders. Uh, can you tell us more particulars about the open house, the hours, and uh, anything else as far as what people can expect? Uh, do they need to register? Do, what do they do um, in order, if they are interested in coming?
3: Yes. Well, our open house will be Sunday, January 31st from noon to 3 p.m. There is a registration process online at our school website. You can sign up for a slot to come and visit. What you'll expect is the teachers will be there in their classrooms to greet you, to talk to you and answer any questions you might have. You'll be able to get a look into what our STEM program is like and our other hands-on science programs that we offer. You'll also get to see the religious aspects um the children how they participate in in increasing the Catholic culture in the school with their posters and their drawings. For example, this month where it's for Life Month, you know, we're gonna get started working on some signs throughout the school to promote a culture of life. Um, so you're gonna come in and be able to see the school for what it is and you'll be able to meet the faculty and the staff as well. And there will be representatives from the administration to answer your questions as regards all the business there is involved in getting a child registered into a Catholic school um, from the financial to the accommodations or academic help that your child might, might need and look for.
0: Yeah, you anticipated my next question because I know a lot of people say, "Gosh, I'd like to go to a Catholic school, send my kids to a Catholic school," but I don't think I can afford it. And every principal I've ever talked to said, "Don't assume you can't afford it. Uh, at least ask ask the question. Uh, it may require some sacrifice, but you, you know we can work something out." And I'm sure that's the case with St. Bernard School as well. If people um, have a will to send their kids there, there's there's a way to to get them registered. Would you agree?
3: I totally agree. Um, The registrar here is always encouraging people, fill out the paperwork, and then after that discern to see whether it's really feasible that you can't make a decision before filling out the paperwork because there is financial help. Mm -hmm. It's not that there isn't any at all. There is, but we won't know what to give you if you don't register, if you don't sign up at the very least, and we get to look to see what are the needs. And so, yeah, it's definitely worth, it's worth it. And yeah, it will, it's going to require a sacrifice. One of our newest families this year, at the very beginning, they also had the same thought. They have four kids here in the school and they were like, that's a lot, four children. But then they also took it to prayer and they saw all that the Lord had been blessing them with and they said, okay, how can I repay the Lord for all the good he's done for me? And it it just rang out in their hearts that like, yeah, we, we, we ought to send our kids. And so they made the sacrifice, you know, they, some little luxuries here and there, small ones that they said, okay, we can do without. And they, they signed up their four kids and they're very happy with the school and they did, but it, took to get their children to receive that education that they want for their kids.
0: Yeah, it can make a lifetime of difference. I know that cuz I I'm oh, yeah. I'm a I'm a product of Catholic schools myself from uh 4th grade on and uh, I appreciate I went to St. Patrick's in in Dallas and then I ended oh. up at Jesuit uh Jesuit High School and so i I thank you for what you're doing i I wish there were a lot more religious sisters in the schools so i think it's uh it's beautiful to 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 see your presence and uh, I know it's not as common as it used to be uh but yeah. i I think the the community is certainly blessed uh to have you and then also mother servant of the cross is also present there at the school is she is she one of the teachers or the principal, or what is her role
3: mother servant of the cross is she is in the school she is the faith formation director for the school and she is also the first grade teacher so she teaches all subjects in first grade um, which is a huge grade to be teaching because it's the very early formative years and so she's there and she's with the kids and she's also the one responsible for coordinating um, religious activities and sacrament formation in the school of course I help her out but That's her main role in the
0: school. Yeah, first graders are so cute. (laughs) They are, they really are. It's such a great age. Uh, Well, thank you so much uh, for all that you do. And do you happen to know, as far as your order, if somebody is interested in learning more about the order itself? Is there a website, or should they just uh, look up Servants of the Lord and the Virgin Matada, or where where should they go?
3: We have a website. um, It's ssvm.org. Uh, sorry, let me say that again, ssvmusa.org, and we actually have a come and see of both a virtual and in-person come and see in Washington, D.C., so anyone who's discerning their vocation and would like to learn more about our institute, they can go to our website and register for the come and see. That's I think next in February. Yep, and then they have another one in March.
0: Great. Uh, Ssvmusa.org for the religious sure. order, and then for the school, StBernardCCS.org. StBernardCCS.org. Uh, Sister Philotea, thanks so much for taking some time. I look forward to you maybe visiting our studio sometimes. So we can meet. We can all meet you in person. And uh, we just uh, pray that many people listening will uh, consider going to the open house, uh, which is going to be 12 noon to 3 p.m. on Sunday, January 31st at St. Bernard of Clairvaux, Clairvaux Catholic School in Dallas. And you can find the address and all the details there at that website, stbernardccs.org. Uh, thank you for your time. Nice speaking with you, sister.
3: Same here, Dave. God bless you. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. Thanks to Diane Xavier for running the board. And, uh, uh let me know if there's ideas you have about future broadcasts uh, of, of this show. Anything that's, uh, local, Catholic and faithful, uh, to the magisterium is, is perfect for this program. Just email me directly, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM interview of the week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.